0: Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio.
1: Yes, welcome to the Garden Show. I'm Dean Holland here in studio with Charlie Dobbin, the Goddess of the Garden. How are you this morning, Charlie?
2: I'm very well, thank you. That's not Dean Holland. No, that's Dean Holland. And it's
1: not. And it's not Charlie Dobbin's. That's right. It's Charlie Dobbin. We were, we're just chatting joking. about names. Yes, about how people can get our names incorrect mess sometimes. Up your name. Yes, you know we're not gonna we're gonna make sure that we don't mess up the phone numbers. How's that? That's I'm gonna a give that. Great idea. I'm gonna give those up right now yeah. because we'd love for you to call. With any gardening questions, and then we can chat further about uh, the growth of our names, as it were, the and, blossoming of right, our yes, 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 and birds, yep. and such. Okay, so if you are in Toronto, the number to call is 416 360 0740, or anywhere else outside Toronto in the province of Ontario, it is a toll free call 1 866 740 740. We would love to hear from you with any gardening questions pertaining to indoor gardening or outdoor gardening. Uh, let Carlos know if you are a first-time caller, and I will give you your garden wings, which I will get up in a second. <laughs> and we want you to call often, and we want you to call early. And one question per call, please. And there they are. Woo! There we are, the Beautiful. garden wings. Beautiful. There you go. So, yeah, the big Nicely bird done. count is on. It started yesterday. The Great
2: Backyard Bird yeah. Count. So, I've got it up on the screen in front of us yeah. here. So, the website is simple, birdcount.org. You can go to the real-time checklist submissions, which is what I've got going on here. And Canada, wake up. Mm-hmm. It's all happening in the States. And in, in, in
1: particularly... The eastern yes. part of the state is, is very I active. Way out in, west
2: there, there's somebody like uh, in Oregon or yeah. Nevada. I, I would think it's still dark there right now, but maybe they're out looking at yeah. you know, owls or something. I
1: love the fact that it, this is in real time because you yeah. can see all of the, the most yellow. of the dots are black. Those if they, are the you know, submissions. as they're coming in, they, yeah. they, they, they're like a beacon, right? That's a, right. A,
2: as people yeah. send in their... So what, what does that mean? You take 15 minutes, you walk, you sit inside, outside, and you just count species and count qu- you know, quantity of birds. Okay. And yesterday when I woke up at my place, you know, it was pretty icy everywhere, I yeah. think yesterday morning, uh, and it had been so green and so mild, and all of a sudden now there's ice everywhere. Well, I guess the birds woke up and went, whoa, what kind of a night was that? And they were all at my feeders. <laughs> so I yeah. was just went... Wow, there's like twenty birds at one feeder. There's multi blue jays, cardinals, bunch of everything. We don't know what it is. We just call it a sparrow. <laughs> it's like, gotcha. oh, those must be sparrows. And but junkos and all the and that all the was all from chickenies. what you said in the first
1: minute. You saw all that. Oh yeah,
2: I just like looked out the window. You know, opened the curtains. Was like, wow, there's a lot of birds at that feeder. Wow. Quit,
1: you, write those. Do you down. recall in the fifteen minutes roughly numbers wise how many you put down?
2: I didn't stand there for fifteen minutes. I had to get on, get going. Oh. But uh, but you're right. Uh, it was I. Elliot, who's far more retired than I am, I suggested that perhaps he get out a piece of paper oh. and start yeah. <laughs> So I don't know if he did.
1: You, you're not sure. <laughs> okay. Um, you know what we should do? We've got, we do have some announcements, but I have to go to first break. Yeah. So we'll go to that break, and then we'll come back. We'd love for you to call. Some of those calls are already coming in, and we do have some announcements. We'll be right back with much more here on The Garden Show.
2: Daffodils and daisies,
3: bluebells and be- for scythia and fox clubs marigolds, magnolia lavender and lupins dahlias, delphiniums stalks, fox,
4: hollyhocks tulips and sweet williams
0: you've picked the right place for everything floral this is the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin Exclusively on
1: Zoomer Radio. Oh yes, we are back here on the Garden Show, and I was just uh, looking out the window here at the, in the from the studio in Liberty Village, Charlie. And I got to tell you, you know, no snow here. We got we got lots in the last couple of days. I've been calling with. Oh, really? I don't know Prince Edward County, but we have no. everything is white again. Oh, the joke around town is, you know, I see people said, "So, are you enjoying winter again?" Because yeah, you know, two days skis. before that, we yeah. had
2: people walking in shorts. Wow. Dramatic. Eh? Yeah. The flora, the fauna is very confused. This has been a February has been a weird month mm-hmm. from the very, very cold beginning. And then that yeah. super mildness. And now we're back to normal, yeah. you know, it has been average
1: temperature. Doing this dance a few degrees mm-hmm. on either side of zero. Five. Frogs yeah.
2: are out. Daffodils mm-hmm. are up. Crazy stuff's happening.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely crazy. You have an announcement before we get uh, to callers? Do sure. you want to Look, do a quick?
2: Um, yes, yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow. Tomorrow if you're in Toronto yep. and you're interested, the Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society, which is a pretty cool group actually, will be meeting at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, 777 Lawrence Avenue East in Toronto. They have a, a the meeting goes from 1 to 4. The speaker topic is Flora of the Turkish Silk Road. Oh, that like, sounds... how cool is that? Very neat. I don't uh, know what it is, but it sounds neat. It sounds really cool. Well, I guess the Turkish Silk Road is an up-over-the-mountains-going-to-China okay, going to China thing, right? Like, oh. it's all about way back. The just yeah, got, yeah. The explorers and stuff. So, this is people who traveled along the road, uh, saw all kinds of amazing um, plants, volcanoes, and beautiful valleys and rivers oh, okay. and lakes. So... Uh, each of these areas is home to incredible flora, and uh, Barbara and Bella are going to be presenting that. They spent some time, and they are collectors. Nice, way well, so,
1: cool group. I absolutely am a rock garden fan. I got to say, there you I go. Love, love flowers that grow around rocks for sure. <laughs> okay, let's go to our first caller. We have um, we have Harriet on the line, and she is calling from right here in Toronto. Welcome to the Garden Show, Harriet.
5: I'm gonna turn off my down my radio. Okay, you good got idea. It.
1: Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. There oh, we no. are. Perfect. Thank you. Sounded a little bit like lost in space there for a <laughs> second. There you yeah. go. What do you got there for Charlie, Harriet?
5: I bought. I have a calla lily that I bought maybe six weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I keep it. I've been keeping it on. It's on my kitchen table, and it's mauve, purple. It's beautiful. Nice. The colors are beautiful. Mm-hmm. But it's now starting some of the flowers are starting to go. There's mm-hmm. still some good and I'm wondering if I can cut it down and if it will come back or what. Uh- I I live in a condo, so I don't have a garden
2: that I, I could cl- plant it in. Oh, I'd be sneaking it downstairs if I were you. <laughs> so, so what you do now, enjoy it where you've got it. Be careful with your watering, because remember, that is a bulb underground there. There's a, a storage organ it's that... said to water
3: very little and not to fertilize it.
2: Okay, so there you go. So I... I Yeah. I mean, if you don't fertilize and you water very little, it's going to eventually go dormant, right? It may or may not send up more flowers, enjoy them as they start to shrivel, scissors, cut out the flowers... Allow the leaves to grow as long as the green leaves are there. The plant is alive and fattening up the bulb for the future. If you can, once we're frost-free, I personally, like I said, I'd be sneaking it down. There's got to be some little garden bed somewhere you can tuck it in and uh, enjoy it. Because it will flower again this summer if it can get outside.
5: But it All might right. also... Well, what if I have a balcony? What if I put it in the balcony yeah. in the summer? Yeah,
2: do that. And... and yeah, exactly. So water as necessary. I would fertilize, not every week or anything like that, but at least once. Mix up a bit of fertilizer as per the directions on the fertilizer package and fertilize it once. Uh, so enjoy it and, yeah, keep it a, keep it going on your balcony. It should continue to do bit, provide some flowers for you through the summer. It will not survive outside in the winter. So if okay. you want to keep it going, you'd have to bring Colors it in. are beautiful and yeah. like. Gorgeous, yep. Enjoy while you've got it. It's it's a bit of a trick to keep it alive for very long, but they're fairly long lasting flowers. So thank you, All thanks right. for Great. calling. Thank you.
1: Yeah, thanks, Harriet. You have a good day.
2: Yeah,
1: I like uh, I like those calla lilies too. They're very they're very tubular looking. But That's right, and they're lovely.
2: They're neat because the the colors are pretty intense, and they've got a f- the finish on the petals mm-hmm. is. Um, very matte finish. It's the yes. opposite of shiny, right? So the, everything yeah. is just a really sort of a pure sort of colors.
1: I was almost picked some up a couple of weeks ago. I, <laughs> admit, I was In- looking at them, going mm-hmm. impulsively
2: at the grocery store. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I see them and I go, mm-hmm. I could bring those home. I think I picked up something else instead. So. <laughs> tulips. Tulips. Love the tulips. <laughs> okay, let's go to our next caller. Uh, going to Hamilton now. We have Dawn on the line, and Don is a first-time caller. Welcome to the Garden Show, Don. Oh, good morning. How are you? I am good. I've got your uh, your garden wings for you there.
4: Yeah, right. Thank you.
1: Good morning.
2: Uh, Welcome anyway, to the show.
4: We we have a euonymus bush right beside our front porch that has survived for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. And right now, it looks to me like it's wanting to die. It's got all kinds of little... Uh, funny spots on the leaves, and we're wondering how we can mm.
2: make this euonymus bush survive. Okay, so it's been there for many years. Uh, okay, so what you've probably got, and you it was there last year, you just probably didn't notice it, is an insect that is called euonymus scale, S-C-A-L-E and that insect is a sucking insect and you'll see it, it looks like a little flecks or like dandruff almost on the plant on the leaves on the stems all over the place okay. so um, the problem with scale insects is they are only available to be controlled at very specific times of the year right so you know what i'm going to you're going to have to just leave that with me because i can't remember exactly about the timing of it so oh, unless i can do this very quickly on the computer in front of me <clears throat> So, you want them a scale. There's a photograph. I'm just, uh, Dean's just looking at the same monitor as I am. That's what it looks like. See, that looks like dandruff mm-hmm. on the plant. It does look right? like
1: dandruff. Yeah, for sure. And
2: um, so it's a, it's, you're right. They weaken. There's so many of them on there now. They weaken the plant. They will eventually kill the plant. So, pro- what I'd be doing is cutting it back. I'm just not sure when you will control it, but you will use. Dormant Spray. So it, this spring, like in, even now, you can go out to your Canadian Tire or your Home Depot and you can buy Dormant Spray. That's going to be a package with oil, horticultural okay. oil and lime sulfur in the package. And right. you are going to be spraying the oil in spring to early summer. So let's leave that with me for a minute. And, and we'll. I think we have to go for another break. But keep listening and I will uh, certainly let you know more details.
4: Okay, so I should actually cut that
2: back right now? Yes, and you know what, I, yeah, the scale are not active right now because it's cold, so you can cut it back now or you can wait another month, so whatever okay. works for you. But when because, you cut it back, take yeah, the what, don't I, leave it I on the property. I wondered
4: actually because with it being our front step, we put salt down mm-hmm. in the winter time. Uh, so we don't slip on the ice. Mm -hmm. And I wondered if if that was having Mm -hmm. an effect on it. And obviously, it's this little bug...
2: Yeah, and the reason the, the little bug got in there is probably you're right. The salt is affecting the plant in a negative way. So if you are needing to salt, and anybody else who's listening, because we all sometimes need to control ice on our walkways, try and get what's called an environmentally friendly um, salt rather than rock salt. Something oh, yeah, that right. will, will not damage the concrete or you know whatever your steps are made out of, and also won't uh, hurt plants and, and affect the soil. All right? Okay. okay. Thank you, Don. Keep listening.
1: Thanks for the call, Don. and maybe we might have an update on that before the end of the show. Mm -hmm. Okay, gotcha. We have to take another one of our pauses. We have to listen to some important messages, but we will be right back with much more on The Garden Show.
0: Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Garden tips and advice indeed with Charlie Dobbin. i got to tell you, Charlie, I was getting a little bit grossed
1: out during that break there, talking about that scale. Because <laughs> I on. said, what? What, what is that white stuff? And you said that's like the poop they leave behind. That's awful.
2: Insect poop? Well, what's so awful about that? That's well, totally normal. Terrible. It's called frass. Frass. Want to be, want
1: to d- is that a romantic <laughs> name? No, no. It's just <laughs> no. What,
2: what do insects do? They don't poo. They, they frass. Don't frass. Okay, Okay. so back to the unanimous question. Yeah. Just quickly, Dawn, I hope you're still listening. Other people have euonymous, listen up because this is a very common problem in southern Ontario. Remember, stressed plants are always going to attract pests more than, un, than happy, vigorous, you know, growing well kind of plants. So, a couple things that you can do, Dawn one is think about top dressing the, the euonymous plants you have with some good quality compost about an inch. This spring, when you can get out there, you can't obviously do it now, but in the next two months you can. Top dress. You're going to do some cutting back because you're going to need to because you're going to have a fair amount of death on that plant. You're going to pull out your horticultural oil. You're going to keep an eye on the plant, and you are going to spray that horticultural oil every probably two weeks. There's going to be instructions on the package on the mix rate with water, and you're going to spray about every two weeks. Certain conditions, it's got to be above zero, no rain in the forecast, no wind, and you are going to attempt to control the next generation of scale by doing this this spring and make your plants happier so they can resist future scale that might fly they don't fly and they move really slowly but they do show up i'm not sure how they get there but they show up that's very interesting that they go after stressed
1: plants that they can sense that i think that's very very interesting yeah
2: we know that we don't know how they sense that but we know that insects whether it's an aphid or a scale or a you know anything will go to a plant under stress first first wow
1: okay uh numbers to call uh, 416-360-0740. That's the Toronto number, okay? And if you live outside Toronto, anywhere in this province of Ontario of ours, it is a toll-free number I have for you, one 866 740 seven forty. I have lots of room on the lines there, so give us a call with your gardening questions. I'd love to fire them to Charlie, okay? Uh, we're going to go to, yeah, try thanks. and trip her up.
2: Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, uh, we're going to go to Beaverton now. I have uh, We have Wendy on the line. Welcome to the garden show, Wendy.
2: Good morning. Good
1: morning. morning.
5: morning.
1: How are you? Well, good. How much snow you got in Beaverton?
5: Oh, we've got quite a lot of snow today. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. A lot of snow.
2: <laughs> good, good, good for the plants, actually. Uh,
5: but it's beautiful outside. Mm. I want to ask a question. We've got a lilac, purple, grand flora rose bush, and it was beautiful when we saw it in the garden, mm-hmm. in the greenhouse. We planted that rose bush about three years ago. It's going to be four years now. We haven't had one single rosebud, oh, no. and it's just growing tall and green. Beautiful green leaves, but no
2: flowers-hmm
5: I'm so frustrated I want to get rid of it <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, so a couple of first things let's where wherever you planted it, does this rose receive a minimum of six hours of direct sun every day?
5: Well, when we first had it, it wasn't getting that much sun, so we moved it to the back of the property. Okay. And where the sun is there all day. Okay.
2: So it's, this is its second location from the yeah, first. So yeah. when did you move it? Last year or the year before?
5: We moved it um, last year.
2: Okay. So that's okay. So the, now it's in full sun. And the soil that you planted it into is a good quality, loamy kind of a soil?
5: Yes. Yes. I think it is. I hope
2: yeah. so. Right, because uh, roses do not want to be in a wet spot. They don't want to be where it's soggy. They, it, you, If anything, you want to err on the side of gravelly soil rather than soggy soil when it comes to roses. They want very well-drained, preferably loamy-rich kind of soil because they do need the nutrient in order to produce the flowers. So, okay. And when you move a plant, remember that the first thing the plant does, whether we bring it home from the garden center and plant it or we move it on the property, the first thing the plant wants to do, and should do, is grow roots. So we call that getting established. The plant has to grow roots, get established, while it's doing that it's not making buds for flowers it's growing roots it's interesting you say it's super green super happy bushy kind of a plant but no flowers Mm -hmm. uh two things can happen remember as well that a grandiflora rose is has been budded so it has a root stock and the chosen scion is the the uh, purple one uh, flower on top it is possible that the graft has failed and that what's growing beautiful and green is the rootstock and it just hasn't flowered yet. So do take a look. Um, you You could even go out now unless it's all under the snow. See if that is still intact, that bulbous swollen stem where the graft or the bud was inserted way back when the grower okay. was growing it. So just make sure that the you know, you've know still got the original plant you bought. If you did, remain patient <laughs> this spring. Cut it down. Cut it right down to being at the most a foot tall. Give it fertilizer in the spring, fertile, rose food in the spring. Chop it right down. And with all that sun and that fertilizer... Something's going to happen. It's likely going to set flowers, and let us know whether it ends up with the proper purple you're looking for or some other little red flower you're not expecting.
5: <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> I appreciate it. You're very oh, welcome. Yeah,
2: thank you, Wendy. Okay,
5: have a nice day.
1: You well, Thank you. Enjoy okay.
2: the sunshine. It's yeah. a gorgeous day.
1: So, Charlie, is that how most roses are? Are most roses grafted uh, that we have here? Not or? all.
2: No. Uh, m- many. <laughs> it's okay, cool. Yeah. teas, Grandifloras, yeah. Florabundas, generally speaking are budded or grafted so a rootstock which is a vigorous rootstock yeah. and then the chosen rose goes on top of that so and, and why is that because the chosen roses that are so gorgeous are do not have a vigorous or hardy enough uh, root system for to them. withstand our, our our world our temperatures our, our climate okay so that's why they do that and I mean, if we lived in texas it would be fine we would just grow whatever right. roses we wanted on on whatever roots grow there mm. but then in Texas we might be limited by water so you know if there's limitations mm. no matter where you are act, you know think of the Valentine's Day did you buy roses for your wife um I didn't. I mean, she doesn't. No, but you know what I'm saying. You saw the long stem roses with the
1: big flower. That's
2: a hybrid tea rose. Long stem, big single flower, grandiflora that Wendy was talking about. Long stem, multi flowers on top of the long stem. So, where are roses typically indigenous to? Where are they? Where they? Where do they? Where do they love to grow? I think very, very first ones came out of China. Okay yeah uh, and then they've just gone all over the world yeah, yeah, for thousands yeah. of years so yeah. it's a bit confusing where they really came from came but from, i think okay. the original ones are yeah from the up in the mountains because they mm. they they need winter like they need the cool but yeah. they also need that great Great gravelly, well drained soil. And
1: (laughs) and as you say, uh, you're saying six hours minimum.
2: Minimum. Yep. Lots of sun. That's why Alberta, what's Alberta's provincial flower? A rose. The rose. Yeah, because it's lots of sun. Lots of sun. Cool.
1: Okay. Uh, Let's go to uh, Julia now. We have Julia. And Julia is another one of our first time callers, and she's calling from Pickering. Welcome to the Garden Show, Julia.
3: Good morning, Dean. Good morning, Charlie. I have.
1: Oh, had to give you garden wings. Wings, there you go.
3: <laughs> Thank you. I have a Chinese uh, perfume perfume plant for the last two years or so. It's in a ten inch pot, thirty inch high. It's not as full as it was a year ago. There's still a lot of green, but there's now brown leaves, um, solid brown, and, and and falling off, and little white dots
2: on the leaves. Okay, tell me what was it called in Chinese? What perfume plant? Perfume. Plant, yes. Never heard of it. Okay, let me just look up what a Chinese perfume plant is, <laughs> because I'm not quite sure what it is you're asking about. Well, uh, and
1: these and plants these days would quite often be, they would usually are given non-technical names, right?
2: They, uh, yeah, yeah, there's different, yeah, there's, yeah. Is. oh, okay, there you go. Ag- Aglia odorata. Wow, oh, I've seen this plant before. Okay, so it's a brown leaves, a couple, of, when did you get it? Two, uh, 20, 2022. Right. And so when you Okay, so it looks to me like it's oh it's originally from uh Vietnam, grown in Taiwan. So in the wild growing. Uh you need to know oh, male or female flowers. Both types of flowers are fragrant. So you haven't seen flowers, you've got green leaves and you said spots. Spots on oh, the leaves? White little spots, dots. White spots, brown spots?
3: Uh brown leaves and then white little dots on the on the green leaves hmm. here and there.
2: Did you have you ever put it outside in the summer?
3: Last year I did, yes.
2: Okay. And when you brought it in, you gave it a good wash, soapy water sort of thing?
3: Yes, they, they recommend um 7 to 10 days a week what one to make the soil well drained.
2: Right. Yeah, exactly. And lots of suns. So you've got it in a real sunny location now. Yes. You know what? It's a good time of year to do some cleaning up on any of our house plants. I would with my hands comb out the brown leaves and have some sharp scissors or pruners handy. If a leaf has is 99% brown or black, Remove it. Same with the stems or the where or where any of this browning is happening. While you're doing all that, you're going to be discarding all this brown leaves and black leaves and cleaning up whatever's dropped into the pot. You know what I mean? Just do a good a good cleanup because plants do like to be admired and they like to be groomed, and this is a perfect day for it. Uh, so I do a whole cleaning up, scissoring out, etc. Water, I mean, we want to encourage growth. Plants that are sitting in a pot do run out of nutrient at some point. It's a limited amount of nutrient in those pots. So you're going to have to mix up some fertilizer at some point. I would start this month, even at this time, if you're watering today, make it some fertilizer in your water and fertilize once a month. Right okay. through till September. Um, okay. The little white spots look closely. Even if you have a magnifying glass, look with a magnifying glass. It's hard to know exactly what those are without more information. If they're fuzzy white spots, I would think it might be mealybug. If it's a yeah, like little waxy cotton ball sort of look then I would just say, put the plant out and let it die in the cold, because if mealybug, you'll never control it. They're little white spots that have wings and they fly around. Again, it's an insect, but it might not be. So look closely. Uh, For now, just groom the plant. And if you do see evidence of insects, feel free to call back and we'll figure out what to do. Okay. Thank you. Blessings to you both. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, Julia. That's cool. I've never heard of that. Perfume plant.
1: Yeah, I always feel like I should... You should be wearing a uh, like a Sherlock Holmes hat. <laughs> I thought that for a long time. I mean, it's, it's these little mysteries, right? Yeah, you know, you're my like,
2: favorite is when somebody calls up and goes, "So, I just don't know what my plant's called. It's got green leaves." <laughs> I'm going, okay, uh, okay, that's a start. What shape? Oh, those leaves are kind of oval. Oh, okay, okay. And they have a
1: little point on the end. So <laughs> okay, the, we're
2: getting closer. Yeah. <laughs> it's tricky. It's
1: tricky. Well, no, I, I, I watch, especially when we're in the studio here, I can <laughs> see your wheels turning when I people know. are describing things, right? right. And, there's, and there's many, many different things that could it could be. I know. You know
2: well, exa- and when it's a big question, too, like that, because it's like, you know, so much going on and, you know. For every question I get, I have to ask 10, it feels like. Sure. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For <laughs> to narrow the field. Yeah.
1: You're narrowing yeah, the field. Exactly. For sure. Okay, we have tons of room on the lines. We do. I've got an announcement in a second or, yeah. uh, that I want to get to, but uh, again, the number four one six three six zero zero seven forty, or the toll-free number uh, outside Toronto is one eight six six seven forty for seven forty, and do remember to let Carlos know if you are a first-time caller. We've had a couple of them this morning, yes, which has been really great. Now I have this. Uh, this made me laugh when yeah, I saw this. Yeah, you've never heard of this no, before. No, Seedy Saturday. Seedy Saturday. Seedy, <laughs> seedy Saturday.
2: Get down. Like in going seedy. into
1: a seedy bar. Right? <laughs> exactly. you know? uh, this is the uh, London Middlesex Master Gardeners presenting Seedy Saturday on March the fourth, mm-hmm. twenty twenty-three, and that's happening in London, Ontario, the Curling, uh, sorry, Carling Heights Community Center. And so, and they have guest speakers. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a community seed swap. Yes. Maybe you could explain this to me. And
2: it's a one day event. What are the hours it is on that? one
1: day? Yeah, ten a.m. to three p.m.
2: Right, and it's probably no admission charge. It's pro- it's vendors, local seed suppliers. Actually, it
1: says a five dollars oh, five dollar cash
2: admission. Okay, so there cash, is it cash, says cash there. only. Yeah, cash. So make sure you got your five dollars mm-hmm. cash. Once you're in the door, there will be vendors selling. Uh, supplies for growing seeds. Yeah. There will be, um, it, if you walk in with seeds, there's an opportunity to swap. Okay. And just, you know, I'll take some of your cucumbers. You can have some of my gotcha. tomatoes. Okay. So, that, and of course, there's information on how to properly save seeds to do that. Um, and then there's speakers. So, they do have, I think, three. They do. They have, uh,
1: uh, yeah, is it Jenny Gerard uh, talking about bees? Mm-hmm. I love talking. Yeah, bees, mm-hmm. bees, bees. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean James, Nifty Natives, and Aaron Deacon natural fertilizers.
2: Right. So good information from all three of those speakers for the upcoming gardening season. So they're, mm-hmm. they're putting together a, a day when everybody's getting itchy and wants to get, get dirty, but it's still a bit early. So it's an opportunity to come together and learn and share and, and potentially purchase.
1: Yes. It says your garden vendor booths, meet mm-hmm. local garden clubs, ask a master gardener questions.
2: Yeah, so, exactly. And so, and the master go. gardeners are a great group. I mean, talk about being intensely into your craft. <laughs> yeah. they are. They are serious hobby gardeners. Indeed, master okay. gardeners. They've worked hard. I'm just. I know we do have to take another quick yeah. break, but I want to just mention. Put on your calendar, March the eighth. Okay. I think that's International Women's Day, March the eighth. I'm zooming with the Riverdale Hort Society. Oh from the comfort of my home in Prince Edward County. Nice. I'll be chatting with the Riverdale folks here in Toronto. My topic is called Sexy Soil, as in, yep, soil is sexy. Sexy soil.
1: Wow. (laughs) I get the look on your
2: face. (laughs) (laughs) What?
1: I'm I'm trying to figure out whether I can say what I want to say. It'll be safer to go to break.
2: (laughs) You know what it is? It's... All my life of of presenting and educating and sharing information, I have – so you know, I can put up a topic like, you know, plant a beautiful container and hundreds of people will show up. I put up a thing like sexy soil and like two people show up. Like nobody wants to know about soil. So that's why I throw the word sexy sexy in, hoping to grab a couple extra people.
1: There you go. There you go. You'll get the dirt on sexy soil. Exactly. There you go. (laughs) We'll be right back with much more on The Garden Show.
0: Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got the garden show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, we do have the garden show with Charlie Dobbin. And
1: we were just talking and about Dean Holland. And Dean Hall, yeah, and we were talking about salt. Yes. Salt, because we got you got a question via email, mm-hmm. and so we'll this will tie this together. Mm-hmm. Um, from Ian. And who asks, uh, he said, what would happen to plants or grass if Epsom salts mixed with water were dumped on dumped on the garden or lawn and yeah. so we were talking about epsom salts and i
2: know and you're looking at me going i've heard of epsom salts
1: because well, we have them in the house and i know they take great, a bath in the bath
2: right, yeah right so that's what's so cool about epsom salts they are magic you can use them on your body yeah yeah i think you can uh, if your horse goes lame you can fix the horse and you can use it in the garden so what is what are epsom salts number one they have an amazing website the epsom salt Council.org. Everything you've ever wanted to know about Epsom salts. Mm -hmm. So what is Epsom salts? It's magnesium and sulfur bonded together to make a salt. People, when you think of salt, you think of the white stuff that you shake on your French fries. And it is a salt. It is sodium and chloride. Okay. Okay. So so sodium is a positively charged ion. Chloride is a negatively charged ion. They come together, make a neutral molecule that's called a salt. And that's all that magnesium gotcha. and sulfur are doing the same thing. Okay. Your positive magnesium, your negative sulfur come together to make a salt. So we t- we just mentioned that, you know, d- um, Don and Hamilton was yeah. salting his steps.
1: And, and he was and, worried that that might be having a nev- negative effect on his plant.
2: Exactly. Because sodium chloride is not something that plants want. it's okay. Sodium they want in such minuscule quantities that it's it just happens you don't need to add it. Right. Chlorine they do not want. Magnesium, on the other hand, and sulfur are essential, micro essential micronutrients. They are essential to plant growth. Right. So that's why using Epsom salts on your garden is not a bad thing. Okay. The way using sodium chloride is.
1: Right. But will Epsom salts melt your ice?
2: Might. it might. might. So
1: then it wouldn't be as bad if it got swept or shoveled into the
2: garden. That's right. So that's why there's environmentally friendly uh, ice remover, because it's not sodium chloride. Sodium chloride, okay. So we go to this EpsomSaltCouncil.org Here's one of the the little gardening with Epsom salts. Why is it good for your plants? How do you know if your plants need Epsom salts? Prepare your soil, feed and treat. And there we go. Fruits, house plants, lawns, peppers, roses. So
1: it doesn't sound to me like
2: Ian has any thing to worry about exactly nothing but do follow the instructions because you like too much of anything is a bad thing you know you and i they make one a day vitamins right so we turn out we start taking six a day exactly because that would be negative so same thing follow the instructions keep it positive by using the right quantities sure
1: and i think again that stands for most things in life Mm -hmm. most things in life in moderation are, are good
2: that's right and always read instructions yeah Okay. I know most men aren't very good at that, but you know oh, I'm generalizing. Oh, 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 or asking directions, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, well, look, my goodness, we yeah, this is a day for first time for callers. first time callers. This is exciting. It does seem that we have another one. We have uh, we have Brian Not on the line. Sure, where he's calling. Brian from. with a, with an I. Welcome to the Garden Show, Brian. How are you today? Brian with a Y. With a uh, Y. Okay, I got it up with an I on the screen. So no with a Y.
4: And uh, Epsom salts is great for geraniums. Yep, yeah. For geraniums, yeah. It yeah, yeah. just Wh- brings them right back. Where are you Where are you
1: calling from, Brian? North of London. Oh, oh, north, oh okay. North Luke. of London. Yeah, okay. I want to give you your garden wings, my friend. There you go.
2: Ooh, you welcome go, to the show. Oh, yeah. Awesome.
1: Okay, so what are we going to talk about, Brian? I'm looking for a product called No Damp.
2: Oh. Uh, where can you purchase it, it now? Does... I used
1: to
4: be able to get it everywhere.
1: I
2: know. I think it's not available anymore in Ontario? No damp. Okay, so no damp. So you're start, You're a seed person? You're growing stuff from seed? Well,
4: yes. Uh, and you go, and, and they just rot off and die if you don't. Sometimes, okay. Sometimes. Sometimes. What else could you use?
2: Well, what I would do is I would avoid needing no damp. Well, you have two options. Because remember, no damp is a fungicide. Yep. In 1998, the legislation in Ontario changed and suddenly we were no longer able to purchase some of the things we had been so used to having available to us. You can probably buy it on the web and get it sent from the States or British Columbia or someplace if you really want it. But personally, to avoid needing no-damp, make sure your soil, your potting mix or the seed starting mix you're using is fresh just right out of a bag. nothing and sexy.
1: <laughs> yep, yep. So
2: nice, fresh, sterile media. Moisten, obviously, before planting. Make sure your containers are sterile. Just a little hot water, a bit of bleach. Give them a wash. Make sure everything's clean. Then when you start growing your seeds, you've got that moist soil. I love using a bit of heat from below. I find the germination is much faster. And as soon as you get that germination happening, you're off with the lid, no more of this hood on top thing. And if you can run a little fan and get a little breeze happening, uh, like I have a beautiful LED light that hangs over my seed growing area and it comes with a fan so it's got you know air movement great light lighting and um be careful with your watering you know that fungal problems happen when we have too much soggy soil for too long particularly if the temperatures are cool fungus will grow and you'll need no damp so try and avoid fungal problems and you won't need the no damp Thank you very much. I hope that helps. Yeah, good thanks. good
1: day. Happy trails. Thank you. You <laughs> Thank too. You. Until we meet again, Brian. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, thanks for that question. Um, Brian has reminded me of something that I think I was going to ask you about last week, but mm-hmm. now we are, you know, we are well into February. We're almost we two-thirds of the way through. Uh, is now the time. I always, always, always miss the window of starting seeds inside. I've, I, I always miss that.
2: Well, Am no, I there? you don't. You just get busy on, on other know, things.
1: but I want to do it. I, like tomatoes. I want... <laughs> not yet. I oh, want way to be, too early. I want to be one of the people who starts their seeds inside okay. and then takes them outside. But For, I don't know when the window yet. is. Uh, not yet. Okay.
2: So, not tomatoes, anyway. Yeah. Okay. So, there are some seeds that we do start earlier than others. Okay. Uh, I think I mentioned things like geraniums. Many of the flowering annuals, begonias are a good example. Okay. Begonia seeds that are so small, you can't even see them. They are started way back in January. So depending on what you're growing, I mean, if you were growing cactus, as an example, again, you can plant those seeds anytime. They can take years to germinate, but nevertheless, you can plant them anytime. Tomatoes, do not be putting a tomato seed near (laughs) soil at all until, well, I'll tell you, it's going to be at least a month. Okay, that's fine. Might be five weeks, six weeks. Uh, There's this kind of a magical way of saying, when is my, my last frost date? So am I looking more like the end of March? Mm -hmm. for those and then you're going to back up you're going to count back from your average last frost which in your average might be may 24th something like that yeah so you're going to count backwards from that six weeks and that's when you're going to plant your tomato seeds okay and like i said a little heat from below really gets things growing nice and you know good yeah much more quickly yeah
1: okay Gotcha. Going to give those numbers out again. Uh, we have uh, to take our last pause for some wonderful messaging, and uh, but we'll have time for probably at least one or two more questions, and the lines are open, so please give us a call. Uh, Toronto number is 416 360 or the toll-free anywhere outside Toronto in this province of Ontario is 1-866-740-4740. We will be right back with more right here on The Garden Show.
2: Daffodils and daisies
3: bluebells and begonias, Scythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox,
4: hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams.
0: You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on
1: Zoomer Radio. Yes, we are back here on The Garden Show and just realized, Charlie, we didn't didn't get any Amaryllis questions today <laughs> it's, it's all, <laughs> i just jinxed it
2: <laughs> well how, did you, how are your amarella's doing did Do they uh, come through
1: yeah, good. I've got one that is uh, doing. You know, it's it's sprouted. The leaves are about three or four inches mm-hmm. tall now, and so it's it's doing its photosynthesis thing. It's starting right. Sweet. It's beefing up. It's beginning the journey of beefing up that ball. Yeah, yeah. And I am. I've never put them outside before, mm-hmm. but I think I will. I will do that because it sounds like it's better. I think it's easier. But it's a. There's a risk. I'm, I've, that I've realized. You know that there's always that risk when you put something outside and bring it in. Mm. There seems to be a little bit of a higher risk that you might bring an unwanted visitor into the house.
2: Right. Well, it, that, but it's yeah. worth the risk? I think so. Yeah, okay. Because, you know what, when it's beautiful, sunny summer weather, who's inside watering plants? Yeah. It's much easier to just put everything outside and pull out the hose and go, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And water your house plants that way. I mean, you leave them in pots, obviously, the amaryllis, they don't come out of their pots. And I just have, what, six or seven pots just sitting on a big tray. Yeah. In, the sh- in the shade, mostly, they get a little morning light. Okay, like do- doppled? Yeah, well, yeah, it's an light. eastern eastern location, okay. so it dappled works too, like under a tree or something like that. Because if it's full sun, you'll have to water them every day, and you don't want to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So
1: just it's a little bit of dappled like Yeah, okay. morning
2: yep. sun is good. Don't get them into too much of a hot spot, yep. and uh, let them do their thing.
1: I got spots like that for yeah. sure. Yeah, for sure, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, and
2: you've, of, you're always doing landscape renovations yeah. at your and place,
1: and I and I feel the bulb like in their heart. It's still hard. Oh, it better be firm, it's of course. Firm.
2: If this gets mushy, it's compost. It's good, go. Okay, <laughs>
1: uh, let's go to. We have another caller the line i've got uh, thelma calling from uh, guelph welcome to the garden show thelma
3: thank you much good day to both of you
1: yeah, good morning yeah, to you too happy morning
3: thank you i have a question about a vibrunum tree mm-hmm. i've had this in here now i bet you at least five years if not more bloom beautifully every year and then odor was just something else not a bud last year
2: how okay. can I make this tree flower? Uh, okay, so when has it... Fl- like, yeah, there's many viburnums out there. So just trying to clarify which one you've got. Is this a plant that gets white flowers in, like, June?
3: Yeah, June.
2: Yeah. Like June. Are, are they fragrant, or are they just oh, beautiful? Oh, yes,
1: they're just out of this world. Okay, that, that tells me something right there. <laughs> See, I saw Charlie putting on her imaginary detective <laughs> cap there. <laughs> there She's, you go. Yeah, like Jessica Fletcher.
2: Um, so why, Oh, no. Have you? Uh, did you prune it at all last year?
3: I prune it every year. I take all the dead branches and everything out of it.
2: Okay, and when did you do that?
3: Um, around the twenty fourth of May all the time, but I look to see if there's any buds coming mm-hmm. on it, mm-hmm. and um, I make sure I don't cut anything near there.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I I've- fertilize it with bone meal and blood meal. Mm-hmm. to keep the rabbits
2: away. Oh, yeah, okay. So,
3: uh, but from
2: last year, nothing. Yeah, okay, so the buds are very obvious on that plant. Like, like the difference between a flower bud and a leaf bud is dramatic on that oh, plant. Yes, yes. And it is actually on all plants, if you really look closely, but that one particularly, the flower buds are huge. So you yes. know, if you're doing any pruning, you're avoiding removing flower buds. So right, yeah. Okay, so... i only
3: doing, like... um. Round branches mm-hmm. or some that the wind have cracked
2: off yeah or if they're um, interfering with each other you know yeah, crossed yeah. and damaging those should always be removed you know and the I'm dead the to diseased
3: keep, um the branches trimmed in the middle of the tree
2: okay yeah oh, so it keeping gets
3: more it more open
2: airflow. yep good idea and it's in lots of sun obviously
3: yes um it's right yeah beside my deck um Oh, my kitchen. Okay. So when it does bloom, the
2: whole house smells of this beautiful tree. It's actually a really gorgeous. I love this plant. I'm getting a little bit of spring fever now. Yeah, I know. I had this plant. I planted this in Richmond Hill, and a borer got into it and oh. annihilated it, and I've never replanted it since then, but it is a really nice plant. Um, okay. Well, I would not be overly concerned if one year went by with you no know, flower buds. If you went out today and looked at that plant, would you have you looked? Are there flower buds on it now? Should oh, I've be. never looked, no. There's too much um, ice out there, I don't. <laughs> okay, because there should be flower buds there now, which will oh, okay. be this spring's flowers. Missing a year is not the end of the world. It's very common. It's a lot of energy for plants to produce flowers, so... You know, like we said, sometimes you get a huge apple harvest one year and not such a big apple harvest the next. It's cyclical, right? The plants can only produce, uh, you know, the high quantity of flowers and fruit every second or third year. So it could be just a case of that. So I wouldn't be concerned. Take a look. It's, it's like I say, very likely that there's um, buds on it now, and you will get that beautiful fragrance coming this spring.
3: Should I feed it anything
2: other than? bone and blood meal well yeah. remember bone meal is your phosphorus blood meal is a bunch of nitrogen i personally would probably give it a more balanced fertilizer something if you are using since synth- well you you prefer organic or or sounds like you no prefer- just
3: natural bone meal yeah milk.
2: natural bone meal right so do you have a fire at all fireplace no. Okay. So you can always get some ashes out of the fireplace. And then you're balancing. So a little potash might be required just to keep that plant as healthy as possible. Maybe a synthetic all purpose fertilizer might be good for just for the spring for a one shot. And uh just to make sure you're giving the plant a balanced fertilizer. Okay. Well, we gotta go, Thelma, thank you. Good luck with that. Thank you. And, yeah, and um so Dean, we got seconds left. Thank you we for do coming into toronto
1: thanks for being the plant detective again i love (laughs) being here in the studio with you it's
2: great i know it is fun i wish we were closer yeah thanks carlos thanks to our great callers couldn't do any of this without them now let's get out and count some birds indeed see you next week
0: this has been an exclusive podcast of the garden show with charlie dobbin heard every saturday morning at nine on zoomer radio the new am 740